Hello and welcome to Spooptober on the Grindhouse Girls podcast. This month we'll be focusing on some Halloween films to hallow stream this spooky season. But of course, we'll be discussing all things spoopy, scary, and strange. As usual, we'd like to warn our listeners that some things that we discuss, due to their graphic nature, may be disturbing, and listener discretion is advised. But for those of you who would like to be spooked out, keep listening and on to the podcast. Sam's Halloween Rules Number one, wear a costume. Number two, pass out treats. Number three, never blow out a jack-o'-lantern. And number four, always check your candy. Hey there, I'm Katie. And hi there, I'm Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. And tonight we are doing, I don't know about you Katie, but one of my all-time favorite Halloween movies, uh, Trick or Treat. Which I am super stoked about. I love trick or treats. Britt is joined this evening by Sam himself. How are you doing, Britt? Um, I cannot complain. What about you? I'm okay. I'm a little nervous. The rain's almost as bad as when it flooded. <laughs> so I'm like, please don't flood. Gizmo is away from where it flooded, so he should be safe, but still. Yeah, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little exhausted. I had family in from out of town. And there's like two movies out that we want, you and I want to go see. And of course, they're like only playing this week. So it's been a bit of a marathon. So I'm excited though. We're going to go see Titan, which is by the same director of Raw, which is one of my favorite movies, which just came on Netflix, y'all. So I'm sure we'll be covering it soon because I was absolutely obsessed with that movie. And I was really mad it wasn't available to stream until now. Um, did you have any housekeeping, Brett? Before we get into I, what we're watching? No, I didn't. What about you? Did you have anything specific you wanted to talk about? Well, I just wanted to say some thank yous. I went to say thank you to Jake for coming on last Aww. week. We had the best time. And, like, everybody else who's reached out about the Clay Zombies episode. Everyone was so sweet. Um, also, we didn't mention this last week because we didn't want to bore Jake with our housekeeping. But um, thanks, Ingrid Bisu, a.k.a. the writer of Malignant and one of the stars of it who uh, kept liking all of our posts about her movie. That was really cool. Thank you. Also, Audio Chuck, for some reason, decided to uh, slide into our DMs, which was really cool. Um, and I almost had a heart attack. Um, if you listen to podcasts, you know who Audio Chuck is, I'm sure. And then, uh, did you... This isn't housekeeping, housekeeping, but before we get into what we're watching, Britt, did you see the casting for the new Mario movie? I did see... I, I at least saw Mario and Peach, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, Mario yeah. worries me. Interesting. I'm, Interesting. I don't think that's a good choice. Uh, I do think Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny is luigi that is a perfect choice but that was a funny uh thing uh did you see the new cowboy bebop trailer i did i did i also saw the opening so they released um i'm a huge guys I'm yeah that's what i was talking cowboy about bebop yeah fan. that's what that's what yeah. i was talking about yeah i'm a huge cowboy bebop fan and so i love tank i've been that's what the opening song for uh cowboy bebop is called is tank if you guys don't know um and i've been grooving to that shit mm -hmm. since i was like 11 years old um and i'm trying to I'm very scared. Um, as anyone who's a fan of anime can always tell you with anime adaptations, they don't usually go very well. 
Um, so this looks really cool. It looks like it plays pays a lot of homages to the original anime series. It looks we're super still, similar. Like, we're, yeah. But we're still missing Ayn. Um, now, granted, I don't know if maybe they're trying to see... Not Ayn. Edward. So we've seen Ayn. Ayn's the corgi. So we know Ayn's in this. Um, yeah. We haven't seen Edward yet. And I'm not for sure if they're seeing how... Like, if they're going to do the first season, see if it plays well. If it has, like, good audience reaction. And then maybe bring Edward into a season two. Um, but... The original Cowboy Bebop TV series was only 26 episodes. So I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to try to expand on the mythology of Cowboy Bebop. But just based on that opening sequence alone, it looks like it's going to be a lot of shot-for-shot remake. I don't know. It's really interesting. I'm really yeah. Interested, so. <laughs> I thought I thought the... Like, I was a little bit like... And I'm not as big of a Cowboy Bebop fan. I love... I really like Cowboy Bebop. Um... From what I, I haven't seen all of it though, but I really liked it and I liked the style of it. And I also was reminded how similar the beginning of Archer is and how that's basically, it's not a complete ripoff of Cowboy Bebop, but it's definitely an homage to that opening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was well, also like, but it's also like a spy opening too. It's a little bit of both. Um, and I, I was a little bit like, I don't know, do I really want a live action? cowboy bebop it's it's such a good cartoon it still holds up because i didn't see it until the last like five years like the actual show even though my brother was obsessed with it um but it i've liked the opening it looks very similar to the original opening and i'm like maybe they're actually gonna try to do this like the right way like and i think yeah. uh john chose a really good choice for spike spiegel Spike Spiegel, born yes. June 26th. Um, am, am I a little addicted? Yes, guys. My dog was named Spike Tarantino growing up. Yeah, the thing is with anime fans, though, it's always like, do we really need this? We didn't need this, but hopefully it's good. Um, and so I like to be optimistic until I'm proven otherwise. I know we both watched Midnight Mass, though, if we're going to talk about what we're watching. Oh my god, yes. And it's so, so good. And Katie got to hear me because I have a really bad habit. Like, I have to, like, repeat a sentence until I finish it because it's OCD. Um, But I was like, and I'm sure Katie feels this way. So Mike Flanagan is amazing and he doesn't disappoint. And um, I thought Haunting of Hill House was the scariest. Bly Manor was the most emotional. But shit, this was deep. Like, oh my god. Like, there was a lot of philosophical this one wrecked things me. happening in this. Yeah. So, yeah. and I cried. So, I found times. out... <laughs> yeah, I cried at the at the very end. I cried a lot. Um, and I, I binged it in, like, two days. Which is why I haven't watched uh, Squid Game yet. Which I also wanted to watch. Yes. I was like, I can only handle so much in one weekend. And I had to edit. So, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna watch this. Um, but I went on my TikTok, my personal TikTok account, because I didn't want to ruin anything on our TikTok account, and just, I had to just talk about it. I was like, spoilers, because none of my friends have finished it yet. Um, Midnight Mass, y'all. Um, love it. It's so good. And it's, it's, so Mike Flanagan, I didn't know this until I was reading an article about it, and he's been sober for like three years, and I think that is a huge part of this, and he's also been working on Midnight Mass for like a decade. It's been a passion project wow. of his. Uh, in the movie Hush, that character's book that she yeah, wrote is called Midnight it. Mass. There's also, yep. in either, I, I think in Bly Manor, there's a physical book 
version of Midnight Mass in there as a prop. Like, he has been working on this for years. And, you know, my little Catholic butt was just, like, soaking up all the Catholic stuff. Like, they're singing all the greatest hits. They're singing all the songs I sang at church, praying the Angel of God prayer, but in, like, not a preachy way. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I didn't feel, but also I'm Catholic. So I didn't feel it was, like, overly religious. And Like, I felt like it was, yes, it was religious, but it was more of, like, we should be human beings. Like, like well, I'm not going to say spoilers, but, like, one character comes to the conclusion that, what they think was the best for the community was not. And they admit their wrongdoing and they, and a lot of people figure out that they weren't acting like humans and that they need to be human beings and they need to have empathy and sympathy and not be so rigid and not blindly follow religion. And he doesn't like condemn Catholicism or there's a, there's a person who's Muslim. He doesn't, um, condemn Islam. He doesn't condemn any religion. He's just saying like anything that you're blindly following is probably not good. Yeah, you know, he like every character is a human. There's one character that I absolutely yeah. hate. Oh, absolutely yeah. hate one character. Oh my god! And if you've seen even like the first episode, you probably know who it is. And my friend Cat oh, said yeah. that actor is never getting another job. Except in Mike Flanagan films, and I was like, "Oh, probably. did you? <laughs> but did you know that great. actor was also in The Haunting of Hill House too? Did you look up their like? Most dim- of them were. I didn't recognize. Oh my mm-hmm. God, Owen is the sheriff. So Owen the cook is the sheriff, yes. and he is amazing. Because I'm like, yes. never have I been attracted so much in my life to both a cook and a sheriff at the same time. I mean, <laughs> so- also. Yeah, I'm sorry. He puts Rick from Walking Dead to absolute shame. I really like that. The writing was yes. really good. Um, also, it is the most Stephen King Lots thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's the most yes. Stephen King thing I've ever seen that wasn't written by Stephen King. So I will say, guys, um, it was released today, too, for our Mike Flanagan fans. Uh, the next thing to look over, uh, forward to is Mike Flanagan's doing The Fall of the House of Usher. Um, that's his next TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still, Haunting of Hill House is probably my favorite still. I, I would say Haunting of Hill House, like, all three series have very memorable moments to me, but there's a few specific moments in Haunting of Hill House that I just, I mean, they they made me sick to my stomach. I did binge Bly Manor, and I, I will agree out of the three, so I really did love Bly Manor. There was a lot of really great monologues in Bly Manor. There was a lot of really great, um what's the word i'm looking for it was like a study on grief and loss um and it was beautiful but yeah. i will agree it didn't have the rewatchability factor that hill house has like out of the three of them hill house is the most yeah. rewatchable i think midnight mass has a lot of really great moments i think the first like two episodes of midnight mass are a little slow because it's setting things up um yeah. but yeah they're both mm. great series and i i do look but forward to rewatching both of them yeah Oh, oh yeah, that payoff, and oh, also yeah. what the the I'm not going to spoil it, but what this quote unquote scary thing is, mm-hmm. yeah, like nobody tells this kind of this. It's a very old like scary thing story that has been told a million times, but the way it's told is so believable and creepy, and just like you're like, yeah, it's probably how someone would react if this happened. Um, also, it has biblical yeah. references because apparently there's a thing like that in the Old Testament that I don't remember. 
But I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'm also watching Chapel Weight that has Adrian Brody in it. And it, it's based on a Stephen King no- novella. Um, and it seems like it might be kind of very, a lot of similar themes to Midnight Mass. But Stevie from, uh, Stevie from Schitt's Creek is actually in it. And it's like this, um, this ca- uh, sea captain, his wife dies at sea and he inherits his cousin's estate and he brings his three children, uh, to his family's ancestral home. But when he was a kid, his dad went insane and tried to kill him and his mother and his mother ended up having to kill him to save them and so there's like a mental illness that runs in his family and he's kind of escaped it and like when he comes back the whole town blames his family for all the trouble in the town and he's starting to figure out like and he thinks he's like losing his mind and he's like scared that he's gonna hurt his kids or hurt somebody uh even though he doesn't want to and he starts uncovering secrets about his family that it's like, oh, maybe they are to blame for everything bad going on. But again, it's it's very much like Midnight Mass where it's told in, like, a believable way. Um, and it is based on a Stephen King story, but it was, like, a short story. Um, but I'm only halfway through it. It is a little bit, like, everyone has accents. It's like a period piece. And it's a little bit boring. It's a little slow. But there's some really cool stuff in there, too. Like, there's some really cool, creepy visuals um, and stuff, too. So, uh, that one's good. It's on Epics. I, I, I will say Karen from uh, My Favorite Murder mentioned it a few episodes ago. And then I realized, I was like, oh, what is this? I just wanted to watch something spoopy. Yeah. So, and I haven't had time to watch Squid Game yet. But I think everyone's recommending Squid Game. Yes, and so Squid's game, uh, Squid Games are, that's something that me and Taylor are watching, and um, I will admit, now I'm a sucker uh, for movies like Battle Royale, like movies like The Hunger Games, um, so I already knew I was going to like the premise. Mm-hmm. Something I didn't take into account, though, with a movie like Battle Royale, and I love Battle Royale, um, with a TV series, you really get to know these individual characters better. So when things happen, it's a lot more devastating. And I won't yeah. spoil anything because I know Katie hasn't seen it. But for our listeners out there, um, and I think it's episode five, um, I literally, I haven't done this in literal years, but I turned to my husband um, and said, I don't think I can continue watching this show. Like, <laughs> I have to ask, though, is this devastating episode as devastating as the season three finale of Lost? Because I literally bawled my eyes out at the end of the season three finale. I didn't cry. Um, I more, it was like the pit in my stomach. It was just like, you ever have that like feeling in your stomach where like it makes you physically sick? That's where I felt. I didn't cry. It was just more like. Yes, Raw did that. Yeah. (laughs) But Raw did that because it was really gross. Oh, okay. But also really sad. Like, um, but I guess we should start talking about our movie this week. Would you like to interpret since it was your pick? Absolutely. So we are doing Trick or Treat, uh, which is currently on HBO Max. Um, It was not streaming last year around this time. It is streaming now. I'm very excited. I love this movie. I own this movie. Um, And to give you a little bit of a backstory, a quick backstory about my love for this movie. So um, literally, I think it was my freshman year of college. They, my roommate, Redbox this 
as a rental and we watched it in our dorm room with a bunch of our friends and I was like wow like I love this movie and um and so it's really cool because in recent years it's become a cult classic um and Sam is finally getting his recognition you used to never be able mm-hmm. to find Sam merchandise in store and now you can find um Sam stuff at your local spirit Halloween uh so that's really cool um now, two years back, we got to go to uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, and they actually had the trick-or-treat house set up um, that year, and it was so cool. Um, so it turns oh. out that some of the people who worked on the effects for this film actually did that house. Uh, so it was very realistic-looking. It was awesome. Uh, it was scary, uh, and I just loved it. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about this one. Um, now, it was written and directed by Michael... Doherty, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right. That's how Seth Green pronounced it in the Q&A panel. They Doherty. 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 I try to phonetically pr- pronounce it the way yeah. Steph, it's Seth Irish. Green. Yeah. Um, but he, he co-wrote. It's Irish. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. <laughs> he, figure As it a out. people, we've been through it. We don't care. Yeah, we're just like, how do you pronounce this guy's name? Yeah. Um, so, of course, he wrote and directed this. It was based uh, It was based on a 1996 animated short he did called Season's Greeting, uh, which actually features Sam as a little animated short It was like his did. senior project. Yeah, yeah, which is really, really cool. And It, it turns, was his senior project at NYU. And it turns out also, so Sam, you probably saw this interview too. He's like, Sam's been with me for a long time because he did this, but he would also like write like he would doodle Sam and like greeting cards and the margins of notes he was taking. So like the yeah. character of Sam has been with him for so long and the movie trick or treat came very close to being named season's greetings. But the reason they didn't do that was they thought it sounded too much like Christmas. Um, so they went for all these different titles before yeah. settling on trick or treat and they made it a little different. So the R is like the letter R because they didn't want to get confused with another movie called trick or treat, which I do like Michael Dougherty because he also did Krampus. Mm-hmm. which i love krampus and he's supposed to do another trick-or-treat movie but it's just announced like they they keep saying they're going to it's on his imdb but they don't know if they ever it's like it's they're kicking the can down the road yeah so they knows? they announced it seven years ago i hate to be that person but i doubt it's happening because it's like unless it's in production hell or the will's just not there because they said seven years ago we're going to do a part two and it still hasn't happened which hey, mike flanagan's been trying to do midnight mass for like a decade so yeah but then again george R. R. martin's been know. writing the winds of or winter more. for 11 years so, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> what is so difficult about that one <laughs> why is this one the most difficult what what happened i don't get it but i really liked krampus too that was the only other movie i'd seen of his before i saw trick-or-treat because i didn't see it until last halloween and i'm okay i i don't know if if it got talked up too much to me but i didn't love it the first time i saw it i was like oh it's cute but i was kind of not super impressed i thought it was going to be i thought i was going to i think everyone talked it up too much because the first time I saw it, I was just like, oh, I mean, that's cute. But the second time I watched it, there's so much foreshadowing. And yeah. you realize how good the script is that I liked it way better this time. Like, that's why I was like, I love Sam. And I liked a lot of it. But I just was not like, I wasn't like 
feeling like the fire of like, oh my god, this movie's amazing. I, will, I was I just like, it the was fir- cute. The first time you watched it, you were also being very sociable too, and I think that's that's one of the reasons I I usually Maybe. don't like I don't like watching movies the first time in a group of people because I'm like I need to focus. I need to focus. And so, like, so Katie was with us at our Halloween This is, like, a silly movie, too. But it's like you said, there are a lot of really little cute hints about what's going to happen. And But I don't think I would have gotten the hints if I hadn't seen it before. Like, it's way more fun the second time you see it. I really think this movie's way more fun the second time you see it. It grows on you. Yeah, and see, I loved it the very first time I watched it. So, and I got a a few of the hints, but the only reason I did my first time, because there's certain lines of dialogue that are just so like why why would you say that and then it's like oh that's why she said that and we'll come across that now did you see that michael is going to be working on the um the hellraiser series that's coming out so the hbo hellraiser series he's going to be a main yes. runner on that so which is really cool uh, I do think, like, it's interesting, the cinematographer for this movie, it was Glenn McPherson, and he's done a lot of, like, like uh, video game-themed movies. Like, he did uh, two Resident Evil movies, some of the latter ones, the Monster Hunter movie, which I haven't seen, and but he also did One Missed Call, Romeo Must Die, and Shock Treatment, the follow-up to Rocky Horror. Oh, that's awesome. So, that was interesting, because this movie looks really cool. Yeah, it, it is like it's a it's pretty like it's like funny how like it's an anthology movie but then it's also like it has like really great cinematography like there's a scene we're going to talk about with a bus that every time i watch that scene I'm like this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because it's so beautiful looking um did you see who the production designer what what he had worked on uh-uh tell me I had I had to look it up because I loved the look of this movie and I was just like you know what no one ever like gives the production designer like a shout out but they're responsible for how the movie looks um so they worked on the x-files mark s freeborn um i i typed feeborn but i think i mistyped so his last name's either feeborn or freeborn (laughs) um but he also worked on bates motel which is another really good looking tv show yeah oh Oh, and and to top it off, he also did the production design for the 2000, not the one we hated, but the one in between, the Black Christmas in 2006, which I have seen, and it does look creepy, um, but it's basically a straight remake of the original, and it's not that good. I love how, like, this movie is, like, steeped in, like, Halloween lore and history. Uh, I watched the the behind-the-scenes feature, and, like, basically, Michael Dougherty was like, everyone needs to be an expert on Halloween and the history of it. And because, like, Halloween, like, so Halloween has gone through a lot of iterations. Um, basically, like, way back back in ancient Rome, they had a festival called Lemuria, and that took place on the 31st of October. And then the Gaelic people had Samhain, which looks like Samhain, because I always read it as Samhain in my head, but it's actually pronounced Samhain because the M is silent. That's why Sam's name is Sam, because it looks like Sam. Um, And then, so, when the Christians were converting all the Gaelic people and the Celts were in Ireland. Oh, also, they used to, you know, use turnips as jack-o'-lanterns until they moved to America. And then they're like, oh, pumpkins are even better. Let's use those. Um, They moved... You know, when they're trying to convert all the Celts, they were like, hey, we have All Saints Day in the spring. Let's move it to the day after 
Samhain, and we'll have it be All Hallows' Eve, the uh, the Holy Eve of the Holy Day of All Saints' Day. So they moved All Saints' Day, so Halloween, which was All Hallows' Eve, could be at the same time. So people could still celebrate it, but with a Christian version. So All Hallows' Eve is kind of a, it's half a Christian holiday, modern All Hallows' Eve, and it's half a Celtic pagan celebration, which a lot of Christianity, a lot of the holidays of Christianity were put around pagan holidays so people who converted could still celebrate like they used to, but, like, with a Christian theme. So so they weren't pagans anymore. Uh, which I always found interesting that they actually moved All Saints Day from the spring to the fall. Well, and that's what you probably saw this, too. And when Michael Daughtry decided or however you pronounce the man's last name, um, when he decided, he was He's like, fine. He, he won't he, care. He, he, won't, he won't mind. Um, but he said, you know, Halloween has a few different mascots. We can think of, like, Michael Myers as a mascot, for example. But he's like, we never really had a mascot for Halloween that represents the mischievous side of Halloween. And so Sam kind of does both. Like, he, he brings the fright, but he also br- he brings the scares, but he also brings the mischievousness. And I think that's why I love Sam as a character so much he's and why he's adorable. so iconic. He is so cute. Well, there was, like, just a lot of, you could tell there was, like, a lot of passion. And even as we go for the movie, I'll point out some, like, fun facts and stuff that you could tell. Like, he's just, he loves scary movies. Um, there's a lot of different references to other scary movies. Um so yeah, I just felt like this was one of those movies that it, it is a very modern cult classic. Now, the one shame, and you probably saw this too, Katie. So this movie was uh, re- technically released in 2007. It was supposed to be released in theaters. Um, Warner Brothers had a bomb, I think, with Superman Returns. And so um, they they basically put the the foot on the brakes for this one and then it got straight to dvd release so this movie wasn't really given a fair release Mm -hmm. um but it still somehow became a cult classic and and this movie is very much like it's very much leading into like the belief that a lot of people have at least religious people that or people that believe in afterlife that like all hallows eve is like the the only time where like the dead and the living kind of exist on the same plane, um, which I don't know. I've never. I don't feel like Halloween is just that. I feel like, I feel like a lot of times, like I don't know. I haven't had any ghostly experiences on Halloween. Personally, I've had ghostly experiences other times. Yeah. Me too, and but I know that's a different. Maybe I, I know just that's like, a, I don't know. That's a that's yeah. a different story. Um, it is, by the way, if you guys hear rain in the background, it is pouring. I keep checking to make sure that <laughs> my house isn't flooding. Hey guys, we're back. Um, if we sound a little different, it's because we had to take a pause between. Uh, us talking about the background of Trick or Treat and talking about uh, everything else, the synopsis onward, because my house decided to flood due to storms uh, in the middle of our podcast session. So, yeah, this is two days later, and my allergies are really bothering me. So if I sound really sniffly, it's just allergies. But, yeah, uh, I guess we're ready to get into tr- Trick or Treat, right, Britt? Yes. But, yeah, so 
we talked a little bit about um, the director. We talked about the background from the movie. Um, so I think mm-hmm. we are ready to officially get into synopsis and then spoiler uh, yes. territory. So, um, guys, mm-hmm. this is the moment. If you don't want things spoiled for you, please turn pause our podcast. Go on HBO Max and go um, watch Trick or Treat. That's where it's streaming. Or you can probably find it on Blu-ray for like $7 at Best Buy, which is what I did. But, you know, whatever floats your <laughs> works best for you. Um, but, yeah. So, with that, we are in spoiler territory. And, Katie, um, I wrote a synopsis for you like me to, to say it. Absolutely. Okay. You got it. So, this is a little bit of a longer one, but not super long. Okay. Trick or treat. Um, woo. Five stories interweave in a small town in Ohio on Halloween night under the eyes of a mischievous and vengeful spirit. A principal who moonlights as a serial killer, a woman whose husband loves Halloween a little too much, a group of kids that plan a prank that goes terribly wrong, a young woman looking for the one, and an old man who learns quickly why you should always respect the holiday. That was a good synopsis. It didn't give too much no, away. No, definitely not. Just, Just enough. enough. Just enough. So yeah, so we just, just enough. enough. So Trick or Treat again, guys. is a is an anthology uh, film. There's different stories, but they do intertwine. Uh, Katie, would you like me to start off? Or would you like to start off? Um, I have more info on the beginning. Okay, good. But you can jump in because I wrote very basic stuff. So if you want to add anything, jump in. Um, so the movie starts with a couple walking home after Halloween. And uh, we've got Emma, played by Leslie Bibb, who has been in a lot of stuff. Like, she's super recognizable, by the way. Like, you see her face and you're like, oh, hey, that lady's been in, like, freaking everything. Um, including, she's been in Iron Man. She was uh, Ricky Bobby's wife in Talladega Nights. That's probably the thing I, I recognize her most from, let's say. But, but she's very funny uh, in that. Um, but she's been a lot of stuff. Was there anything specific that you liked to see her in? Uh, so I think you, when you said she was an Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and she was recently in one of the What If episodes, and you guys know I love What If. Um, so she, I think, I think she got a lot of her start as Brooke McQueen on Popular. Um, but she was also, um, there's a movie I really liked when I was younger called Wrist Cutters, um, which sounds awful, but if you guys watch Mm -hmm. it, you'll understand it's, you'll understand the premise. Um, but she's also yeah. the babysitter recently, so and yeah. I know that's one of the ones on our list. So I know we need to eventually watch the babysitter. So yes, so we've got her, and then we've got her husband, who is Henry. Yeah. I do is believe. Henry, yeah. The actor's name is Tommen Tama Tama Pennicut, but he is super, super, super in love with Halloween, and like their whole front yard is decked out. By the way, uh, this actor was in Battlestar Galactica, Dollhouse, and and Man of Steel. Mm. Okay. But uh, anyways, so they're coming home from a Halloween party. Um, Their jack-o'-lantern is lit. Uh, Emma is super annoyed because she's wearing, like, a cardboard uh, robot outfit, which the, the director said that was his least favorite Halloween costume that he had growing up. Because it was super uncomfortable, which is why she's pissed off. And so, basically, she's just sick of Halloween. He's really into Halloween. Their whole house is decked out in these, like, fake ghosts on poles. Like, like, like they're on two-by-fours. Like, they're huge. Like, all over their front yard. 
And she blows out the jack-o'-lantern, and he's like, you don't blow out the jack-o'-lantern. It's tradition. It keeps the ghosts away. And she's like, that's a bunch of bullshit. And then, basically, she's like, okay, go upstairs, turn on the porn DVD, and we'll have sex. But I'm going to take this this Halloween shit down right now. So she's taking the Halloween shit down, and she gets spooked. And then something attacks her. And they've you go forward to her husband, who is passed out watching porn. And I couldn't figure out what his costume was supposed to be. Like, was he a cowboy or was he a leather daddy? I don't really know. It seemed like it was at the the Halloween parade, so yeah. it seemed a little inappropriate. Because mm-hmm. it was lots of leather. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. But um, he wakes up and he's like, Emma? Emma, where are you? And he goes out and he sees, like, the ghosts are back up like they were before. And he sees some blood on one, and he opens it up, and it's just Emma's head on a post. And, like, her whole body has just been kind of allocated to each one of the ghosts. And he screams, it's like, it's trick-or-treat! And then you see these, like, comic book pages, which I think is cool, because originally they were going to have a comic book come out before this movie came out. And then the movie got pushed, and then they, I think, abandoned that mostly. I don't know, did they ever actually... They did make a they did make a comic book, yeah. And I, I, I was going to touch okay. on that a little bit... After not like crazy, but yeah, they did end up making a graphic novel for the movie. So not like not at oh that's right because they put them all in the mm-hmm. graphic novel. Yeah. Originally they were going to do four, um, four or five installations, and it was going to lead up to the movie's release. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, or we're just going to release it on DVD and fuck it. And I was like, that's sad because this movie I think would have been really successful in theaters. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, fun fact: so uh, during the opening credits, you see pictures of kids. That's a lot of the cast and the crew um, as children in Halloween outfits. Also, most of the uh, uh-huh. most of the crew provided the drawings you see. So anyone that could basically draw a picture, they were like, "Draw a picture. We're going to use it in the opening credits of the movie." Right. That's yeah. sweet. That's mm-hmm. cute. Um, I think the next part might be my, it's one of, I I really like the next part. So, so it's broken up into one, two, three, I think five, four, five, and there's a conclusion. So six parts is the movie's broken up into. So the next part, they do interweave, but I'm, we're going to try to do with the parts just so it's easier to understand. That's how they had it on Wikipedia too, which I was like, yes, that is way easier to understand. So we've got the kid whose name is, um, shit, what is the kid's name? There's a kid, and his name is Charlie. And Charlie is a little shit who is smashing everyone's jack-o'-lanterns and extinguishing them, so not respecting the holiday, Mm. right? As he's smashing them, his principal, Stephen Wilkins, played by Dylan Baker, who is super recognizable. He does a lot of television um, he was in this really creepy movie that is on our list, but it's never streaming because it's very controversial, but I've heard it's very interesting called Happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also been on, like, the TV show Evil. He was on, oh, I recently saw him. He plays a, a big villain on Hunters, um, which is that, uh, Nazi hunting TV show that I was really into. Um, I... I think he probably will be in the second season, too. Um, but he's even been on Homeland, and he has been he does a lot of TV series. A lot of TV series. Oh, he was in Selma, too. Yeah, he was J. Well. Edgar Hoover. Down. Yeah. 
Uh, so he yeah. was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. He was in Road to Perdition, uh, Spider-Man 2 and 3, Revolutionary Road. Uh, more recently, uh, like Katie said, I know she's mentioned Hunters. He was also in Elizabeth Harvest, which is on our list, and Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, mm-hmm. and Vile. So, um, so yeah, he's yes, been at which it which I saw, and I can't remember his character. Yeah. But I really like this actor, and he plays creepy really well. Um, and so Stephen Wilkins, the principal, catches... The little shit. And he's like, hey, Charlie, come on over here, Charlie. So Principal Wilkins is sitting on his porch with a knife and a pumpkin. And he says, hey, asshole kid, come on over here. Would you like some candy? And he gives him some candy. And the kid is just like chowing down on it. And uh, he sees the knife in his hand. He's like, oh, my God. He's like, oh, don't worry. That's not for you. It's for the pumpkin. And so he starts like viciously carving his jack-o'-lantern in front of the kid like very creepily like way too aggressively and he's talking about like how people don't respect the holiday anymore and it used to be like the one night of the year where the dead could join the living and like oh my god how dare people not respect this holiday and as he's like saying this uh charlie is like starting to get sick and he eventually just like starts vomiting chocolate blood shit and the kid who played Charlie was like, I saw on the behind the scenes was like, yeah, like it's basically chocolate with some syrup in it. And like, it's really not that great, but it was kind of funny. Like that was the first day of filming was this. And they were just like, there, it was a mess. Um, but he's just like projectile vomiting and he just kind of like passes out. And Principal Wilkins just like, oh, you forgot the number one rule. Always check your candy. And then he, like, starts dragging fucking Charlie's body into his house. Yes. And I do have to say, as a very small side note, so when we went to Halloween Hard Nights, like, the whole trick-or-treat haunted house was great, but one of my favorites is that they have, like, a, like, a very realistic prop of Charlie, and he's just projectile vomiting and how they had it was like that clear tube and it's just constantly running Mm -hmm. but it was like Mm -hmm. I was like oh my god because it's like the attention detail was amazing and that's where uh, he I love this scene so it's like he's dragging Charlie for the house and because he's Charlie's dead he he gets like some blood and shit on him and these he hears it's Halloween, so the doorbell rings and he's like, Fuck and he goes there and he answers and all the kids are screaming and they're like, Oh, but great costume, Mr. Wilkerson and so the kids are an angel, a pirate, mm-hmm. and an alien, and they ask him for his jack o' lanterns and he's like, Yeah, fine. But after they leave, this little this cute little adorable thing in orange footy pajamas with a burlap sack on his head walks up and he's like, mm-hmm. Uh, you want a piece of candy? <laughs> And the thing, and we'll just say it's Sam. We love Sam. Um, but Sam just takes it's a Sam. little chocolate bar and just runs, runs with the chocolate yeah. bar. <laughs> and and they they had an actual child play Sam, mm-hmm. except there's some like uh some action scenes where uh, a woman played him mm-hmm. because they weren't going to throw a child around. Yeah. But the person who played him, his name is Quinn Lord, mm-hmm. and he actually just did the man in the high castle series yeah um he was a pretty decent part in that he also did once upon a time but it looks like maybe only like for one season of that which i did watch once upon a time but then once they did the time jump i kind of lost interest i was just like i don't 
it's too confusing, and there's too many Disney characters to keep track of. Fun fact. Like, it was too much. He uh, he also was in Space Buddies and Santa Buddies for our uh, friends out there that maybe have oh, little ones. Oh, no. Um, the besmirchment of Air yes, Bud, you mean? Yes. Well, you... Like, Air Bud is a classic children's <laughs> film. Air Bud still makes me cry to it's this day. It's a good day. one. Uh, so, another fun fact. So... Quinn was actually seven when he was cast in Trick or Treat, so he he mm-hmm. was he was he was a little one, um, and I loved it. And he actually, um, when he gave his audition, he he um, improvised this thing called Sam and His Kitty, and basically Michael was like, he has the part. Like I don't need to see anyone else. <laughs> like he has the part. So like, where's Sam's kitty I, then? So. Spoiler alert for later in the movie, but it's a very minute detail. Um, so you see him drag his little bag, and you hear a cat, a uh, cat yowling. So, so, um, but Mr. Wilkins goes and buries uh, Charlie uh, in his backyard. He's trying to, but some Billy keeps yelling outside the window like, "Daddy!" Billy is the worst <laughs> child in this entire movie. I, I'm sorry to the actor who plays Billy, but he was the most annoying. Did you child. notice he was dressed up like a good guy doll too? He's wearing like that little shirt and the little overalls. He has the red mop hair. Mm-hmm. It's like it's another. A.K.A. Yes. Chucky. Yes, I'm sorry. I assume everyone, yeah, so you, good guy dolls. But, yeah, so he is dressed like the Chucky yes. doll, basically. And I do not like, I don't like, like, the kid who plays Billy is fine. He's a cute little kid. But his character is so freaking annoying. And he's just like, hey, Dad! Yeah, he is. He's like, hey! And there's really, like, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. He's like, why don't you go watch Mr. Wilkerson because he's trying to bury the body. He's like, why don't you go watch Charlie Brown and I'll be up there. He's like, Charlie Brown's an asshole! He's like, Billy Wilkerson! Um, But he basically, so he's trying to bury him. And then Mr. Creek is his next door neighbor. Mr. Creek's dog Spike starts barking. He throws a finger to him. And so, and then that's when you realize that he's trying to bury another child too. So there's, like, he's killed multiple children this night. Because Mm you, yeah, you go on. We have to say Mr. Creek is played by probably when this movie was made, he and Anna Paquin, who will come We'll talk about her in a little bit because she's like the next sequence. Um, Brian Cox plays Mr. Craig. And Brian Cox is an amazing Scottish yes. actor. He played Hannibal Lecter before Anthony Hopkins did. I Man love Hunter. He's also, weirdly, he and Anna Paquin were both in X-Men X2, which was written by this director, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe that's how he knew him. But Brian Cox uh, asked to look like... Um, John Carpenter for this role. He said, I met John Carpenter once and I want to look like him for this role. So they did his makeup so he looks like John Carpenter. <laughs> Which seems so mean. Um, but he also, uh, he's been in a lot, of, he's been in so much stuff. Oh, who's in The Ring? Yeah, he was, he was, he was Samara's adopted father in The Ring. He was also in, like, Rob Roy, Braveheart, The Long Kiss Goodnight. That's, thank yeah. you. I knew there was, like, a Scottish movie that I was forgetting. Yes. But his, his credits are so fucking Yes, it long. is. Yeah, and he was recently. But I wrote Manhunter down, and I didn't write a bunch of He was recently ones. in The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which is one I've always wanted to see, too, that I really need to watch. Uh, I've heard that one's really good, though. But yeah, Brian Cox is like, he is like a, a class act. He is, well, I don't know if he is a nice person, but he is like a really, really good actor. And he's had a super long career, um, and he's Scottish. But anyways, but I thought it was cool that they got... 
Brian Cox. He is such a really cool actor, and I love that he's supposed to look like John Carpenter, which is so neat. John Carpenter's, like, the only, well, him and Sam Raimi are, like, some of the only surviving, like, like horror classic directors, because um, George Romero has passed away. And Wes Craven, too. And Wes Craven has passed away. Which, for some reason, I thought John Carpenter would have died before Wes Craven. I don't know why. But he and Sam Raimi are holding on. <laughs> yeah. And also, a uh, fun fact about this, uh, too. So, if I'm understanding right, during the Q&A they did for uh, Trick or Treat, he actually did not read the entire script for the movie. <laughs> uh, which is really, really funny, because when we get to his story and the reveal at the end of the story, like, he didn't quite understand. Like, he was like... This was happening, and I didn't really get it. And he's like, but I didn't read the entire script. And so it's like, <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. Yeah, check your candy and always read your script all the way through before you accept a part. Yes. Like, come on, y'all. I always... Unless it's Game of Thrones, because they probably won't let you read the script. Yes, that's true. I told my nephew that recently when he got cast. I said in his little show, uh, I said, you need to read your entire script. Because he was so excited to memorize his lines. I was like, read the entire script. Um you need to know the the circumstances surrounding your line, not just your yes. line. What does your line mean in the grand scheme of exactly. things? Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. But um so but we now know uh, Mr. Wilkins is a serial killer because we see that another kid he's trying to bury still alive and we know it's a different kid than Charlie because it's the kid's wearing like a striped clown costume. We see that glove. Um but mm-hmm. he, he he kills the kids. So, and then after he buries the kids, mm-hmm. um, and he waters them, uh, he goes inside his house, and him and Mister Creek, Mistress Creek, like basically like called him a freak and told him to keep his son off his yard. And he's like, "Oh, also, he threw Mister Creek's dog yeah, a piece of the kid's finger, body to to distract yeah, a him. Finger, yeah, disgusting. So, at least there's a dog. There though. is. His name is Spike. Um, so, but." He's going mm-hmm. into his house, though, and he sees Mr. Creek banging on the window next door. And it's like, Mr. Creek's like, help, help. And he says, screw you. And then he goes inside his house, and then we <laughs> see Mr. Creek get tackled by something. Uh, so, yes. and that'll come, that'll come around full circle. But Yeah, that's what I like yes. about this movie, is like, you see little snippets, um, which... We'll go, I, do you want to hit Anna Paquin, like, I know we still have to finish this story, but do you want to hit Anna Paquin's story next, or the, the kids, the, bus the kids, one? because they're technically okay, the second. Cool. That's yeah. how I had it written down, mm-hmm. too, yeah. So, um, I love them, they go into the basement, though, because they do a really good thing with the, how they filmed it. Which I think you're about to get into, but I love the way they filmed this. Yeah, scene. and so exactly. So he he goes inside and he basically Billy is like, "Are we right?" Well, Billy actually scares him. There's like a little jump scare where Billy jumps out at him. Yeah, but he's like, "Are we right?" Which also I love that they set up that Billy is clueless to what's going on. Like he's hiding something from Billy. But yeah, and would you like would you, you like to on. take over a little bit? No, no, no. You go ahead. You go so ahead. So he ahead. Uh, he takes Billy down to the basement, and you, there's this really, really good like. It seems like his irritation with Billy is building up because he's like, "Daddy, why can't we carve a pumpkin?" Daddy, I I miss mommy since she died, or just like he. So you think he's irritated with his kid? He leads him down to the basement, and Billy's mm-hmm. like, "I want to make a scary face," and he puts his hand on Billy's head, and you see the knife that Mister Wilkerson is holding, and he just buries it mm-hmm. down. You hear it like squishing something. You see blood on the knife, 
Yes. But then he leans down, and yeah. little Billy's okay. Billy's not dead. It's just Charlie's severed head on, like, a little, um... I'm like a, a little lazy Susan, and he's like, "Daddy, yeah. I, I want to make it like really cake scary." Decorator. And so, yeah, so uh, little Billy is turning into probably a serial killer, much like his dad. Um, so, dad's passing on, and yeah. I think he mentions like his father taught him. So it's just you know a continuation of a terrible cycle. Yes. It's a great reveal. I love it. And then so the kids that had rang on his doorbell before. We see them next. Oh, I was okay. going to say real quick. So the the angel, Macy, who's like the their little ringleader, she actually mm-hmm. was in one of my favorite series when I was a young teenager. She played Reggie and... Britt McKillop. Yeah, Britt McKillop. She played uh, Reggie in the Dead Like Me TV series, and I love Dead Like Me. So, yeah. Oh, I love yeah, that so show. Yeah, so she played George's little sister um, that became, like, obsessed oh, with okay. the way George died. Um, but she also, uh, has multiple voiceover credits, so she was in a few... She does My Little Pony! Yeah, she was in a few different Barbie movies, but she was, like, in multiple My Little Pony movies. Like, so she is, like, a pretty legitimate voice actress, it seems, just by her IMBD credits. I feel bad because there is two other children with her, so there is, um... I know... Sarah? Yeah, I feel... Yes, yeah, Sarah's the alien, and... Sarah and Chip. Yeah, and then Chip is the pirate. You're right. So, but they... You see this really funny and, scene. Um, they go to Miss Henderson's house, and she's dressed up as a sexed-up cat, and there's obviously, like, a, a wild party yeah. going on. Um, and Coach Taylor's in a uh-huh. hot dog costume, which comes into play later, by the way. Um, but she gives them some um, pumpkins, and they end up meeting up with Schrader. Now, Schrader also has a... I, I feel bad. Uh, John Luke Bellado is that pronounced it right? John Luke Bellado. Yes. Yeah. Jean Luke Bellado. I would think. Yeah. Bellado. Bellado. So he, he plays Schrader. Uh, Bellado. Bellado. I think. Yeah. He uh, played the lead in the ABC family show Baby Daddy, which was based off Three Men and a Baby. Um, he was in LOL, yeah. Piranha, 3 Double D, and most recently he was in a canceled CBS series called Carol's Second Act. So he has continued acting um, as a young man at this point. That show was, ugh. I saw like half an episode because I think Patricia Heaton was the main character. Uh, and so they're like, okay, Schrader, you're up. Um, and they go pick up this sweet little girl named <gasps> I love Rhonda. Rhonda. And I have to say, the actress who played Rhonda, her name is Sam with two M's, Todd. And she still works in movies, but it looks like she does more background stuff nowadays. Yeah, like assistant producer um, and production assistant work. Yeah. Yeah. She was... Like, and the behind-the-scenes stuff, she was so enthusiastic about this part, and it was really cute. She's just fucking adorable. And she's got, like, these little, like, 50s glasses on, and she's just kind of, like, like, her hair is kind of messy. She's that, well, this was kind of me in middle school. Like, it's not, it's not like she's not pretty, but she hasn't figured out how to, like, make herself look the best that she can be. Like, she hasn't learned how to, like make herself up like yeah to i don't want to say to groom herself but i know like i didn't know how to dress myself in the way to make myself look how i felt inside if that makes sense yes you know like when you're still finding your footing and it's quite possible that she doesn't really fucking care about clothes yeah 
makeup and stuff. I don't think so. Which is fine. And she's like very, she's very, very smart and very, so in the movie, um, they call her, I don't like this word at all, but they call her Rhonda the retard. No. And I don't like that word. And then someone goes, she's not a retard, she's an idiot savant. And it's like, she's very, very smart, but she's also kind of like quiet. And she has this really cute like little voice where she's like, hello. Yeah, like, because they're like, did you make, did you do all this? Because they go to her house, and there's, like, all these jack-o'-lanterns that are just beautifully carved. And Schrader is like, did you do this? And she's like, yeah. yeah. There's, like, 50. Yes, I love it. There's, like, 50 of them. When we meet Rhonda, Rhonda's freaking adorable. She is. She is. So they're going somewhere, and the kids walk past this pumpkin patch, and... Fun fact, uh, so this this major, the majority of the story takes place at a rock quarry, but it was originally supposed to take place at a pumpkin patch. And um, Michael was heavily inspired by the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, which is really cute. But they walk past this pumpkin right. patch, and Sam's there poking at a dead bird, which I think is funny. So, once again, Sam's present. But uh, Rhonda, because she's so smart and because she's so passionate about Halloween, she starts to explain Salwin um, to Pete. And they go to the edge of this rock quarry where Macy tells... The cute one. What? The cute one. So, no, no. She tells Pete, Pete the pirate. Because he's the one walking with her. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she does tell... Because Schrader, I think, is walking with Macy. And she's, like, directly behind them talking to Pete. Because Pete says something like, Oh, you really love Halloween, don't you? And she's like... It's called Samhain, and then she goes into, like, a little history of Samhain, and then she feels awkward, and she's like, I like your eye patch. Um, it's really cute. <laughs> um, but they go to the edge of this rock quarry, and it's, like, really spooky, and all this fog, and Macy tells this story of the school bus massacre, and Katie, I didn't want to steal anything if you wanted to go over the school bus massacre a little bit. So, basically, the school bus massacre happened... In a nondescript time period, but definitely mm-hmm. in the past. And they kind of flashback, and you see that there is a bus driver driving these children who are all wearing masks. And I love it, because they, they do golden. All these... It's, like, so golden. Like, the... Uh, yeah. It's so pretty. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's very pretty. No, it's, it's pretty. And you can tell it's, like, it's way back when it's got that fogginess to it, you know? And so they tell the story about how there was a bus that took the children that were in I th- they pro- I think they use the R word again but like they were in the you know special needs class at school and they had the special needs bus and they're all wearing masks and they were all dressed up for Halloween and one day the children noticed on Halloween that they weren't going the same way only one of the kids recognizes that they're going the wrong way and you see the bus driver park at this rock quarry that the kids are at now who are telling the story. And he starts going through. And this is when, like, ugh, I hated this part. Yeah. This still makes me feel sick. It I'm is. Like, oh, it's so, so sad. So he starts checking all the kids. And they're all, like, chained to the school bus. Like, with padlocks. And... First of all, I don't understand how he was able to wrangle all of those children into doing that unless they were very docile children or he drugged them or something. But it's still really sad. So he's padlocked all of these children into the bus and uh, the narrator tells us that their parents had decided that their children were too much of a burden and they had given the bus driver a bunch of money to drive the bus into the quarry and kill all the kids. 
which is so fucked up. And sad because, like, most of the kids don't really understand what's happening. Yeah. But there's, like, one kid that does. And he also gives them all a piece of candy, which is just, ugh, it's fucked up. Anyways, I do not like this part. He drives the kids in the bus into the quarry. And they're like, and that's why we come to the quarry, to honor the dead. We have to have the jack-o'-lanterns. And Rhonda's obviously super freaked out. And there's this weird elevator to go up and down the quarry, and you have to have a key to get into it. And so Rhonda and um, Schrader get locked, or get left, because there's only so many people allowed. Oh, so Rhonda and Pete. When they go down. Okay. Ron, I'm sorry. It's Rhonda and Pete. So it's Macy, Sarah, and Schrader that go down. And then Rhonda's left with Pete. So. Oh, I thought the cute boy stayed back with her. Uh, so and I think I think what it is is that. So Schrader definitely. So one, Schrader's very cute. And two, he definitely has like a. Not alpha personality because he's very nice. But when Rhonda and Pete go down, they hear Sarah, Macy, and Schrader screaming. Before you see each of their jack-o'-lanterns go out. And so Rhonda turns around to Pete. And probably because Pete is more like docile and seems scared. Rhonda's like, stay here and keep the jack-o'-lantern lit. It will protect you. But uh, so she ventures out and she sees the bus. Which was another really cool, like really eerie thing. And they did that at Halloween Hard Nights too. And it was like when you first walk in and you see that bus. I was like, holy shit. Um, but, so, she is suddenly attacked by these, like, zombie creatures, and she's running, and she's so scared, and her glasses, she has, like, these very thick rim glasses, they're dropped and broken, and then she hits her head. Um, so, after she hits her head, suddenly the kids, it's revealed to be a prank, and the kids are like, oh, fuck, because she's hurt. Um, and Schrader seems like the only one that's remorseful. So, it's kind of like, I was very disappointed, like, watching this and seeing Schrader, was one of the bullies because he seemed like so legitimately cool, but he is remorseful um, about this fact. And well, but the yeah. other thing is, like, it's Halloween yeah. and it's a prank. Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing is, like, people are gonna prank people on Halloween. It's fun, especially when you're a kid to scare somebody. Now, I think it's more fun to scare your friend that you're on equal footing. Yeah, exactly. With than to scare a girl that socially is not as secure yeah. as you are like obviously Rhonda is not as emotionally mature yeah as the other kids are or socially mature I don't know if she's maybe emotionally mature but she doesn't seem to be as socially mature as the other kids um and there is a really cool part the little kid who played the, I guess pirate mm-hmm. Pete uh they pretend to like eat his yes. intestines which was pretty yes cool. yeah that's why I thought he was there waiting and that's why I thought Schrader went down with her because I remember the picture of them eating his intestines but anyways any, the important thing is they scare the shit out yes. of Rhonda, and they blow the jack-o'-lanterns out and Rhonda is the only one that still has a lit jack-o'-lantern yes and she leaves it and they actually hear something <laughs> and things come out of the water and it's all the zombie children that were murdered on halloween in their masks and it's it's also like it's those like 50s 60s masks because i've seen pictures of my dad and his brother on Halloween, they had, like, a witch and a cat mask, and they are the most terrifying fucking things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so they're all, like, legit running. And so the kids start running, and Schrader and Rhonda, like, start running, and the kids get taken out one by one. And eventually, Rhonda... This is a thing that bothers me, because Schrader was yes, remorseful, he was. and he was trying to help Rhonda. And Rhonda's kind of a bitch, because, at this point, I get it, but I, I it bothered me a little bit. 
because she gets to the elevator and she like literally like throws the like throws the key away and doesn't let anyone else come in with her not even yeah and i think what it i always the only thing i could think of is that maybe because she has this blank expression and part of me thinks that she thinks it's another trick that they're trying to play on her and that's what schrader's like Oh, Schrader's no. like, it's not a trick. It's not a trick. That's not true. But, I mean, you know. No, that's not true because that is a look of defiance and fuck you. I can't blame her. Because then when she rides back up the elevator amidst the screams of her classmates, she sees Sam and she's got the lit jack-o'-lantern. So he's not going to do anything to her. And she just exchanges a look with him like, hey, bud. Yeah. What I up? like that part. Like, she knows. I like that part. That's how I'm like, I, I do, but I kind of was like. I feel like she could have at least let Schrader in the elevator because he did try yeah. to help. I feel like it would have been better if she tried to help them and wasn't able to because it doesn't, like, it just kind of means she she let them turn her into a bad person. Because that's not okay. Even if someone is a shithead to you, you don't let them get eaten by zombies. I will say this. Like, that's fucked up, I will up, say man. this a little bit. And I know we got to go on to the next story. Um, But I also kind of wonder how much Rhonda was bullied at school before maybe this was just the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't think all the kids should have survived. I think at least Schrader, who was Schrader, remorseful, should have. Like, I feel like she should have let him into the cage and like a zombie should have pulled him back. I do feel back. bad for Schrader. But I, real quick and I will say this it should be mentioned in this movie you never see anyone die on screen. Usually deaths always happen off screen. So you never see a person actually die on screen. Yeah. It's a little PG-13. It's not quite yeah. as dark as like but I will say like I think the point of this movie is not to have the predictable mm-hmm. ending. I think he did stuff to try to yep. be edgy. Which I don't like. I think it makes Rhonda's character not as um, sympathetic, honestly. But anyways, enough about that. So Rhonda, Rhonda survives. Though. I do like that Rhonda yeah, survives. Yeah, and I do, I I do like that like, her and Sam kind of exchanged that look. Because Rhonda also really respects the holiday, too, is what it is. So yeah. I think little Rhonda would have been perfectly happy, like, going trick-or-treating with, like, her new buddies. Like, I think the night could have been very, very different. But it wasn't. But... This is going to bring us into our third story, which is actually Lori's uh, story. Who is Anna yes. Paquin from True Blood, yes. y'all? Suki. It's Suki Stackhouse. Suki. It's Suki. Suki Stackhouse. Um, no, I love, I actually, so Anna Paquin actually won an Academy Award as a yes, child. For Best Supporting Actress for the Piano. Um, and she was born in Canada, but grew up in New Zealand. So she actually considers herself a Kiwi, like Zoe Bell, who is a, a Kiwi. I was right. Yay. She is a Kiwi, not an Australian. She not Nazi. Of, she, um, speaking of her as a child actor, so you, you already mentioned she won the Academy Award when she was a child for the piano. But mm-hmm. she was also one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, Fly Away Home. Uh, so that's where I think about her. Um, but I think one of the reasons she was in this movie, because she and the director have known each other for, like, years, and, um, one of the reasons is that he wrote X-Men X2, and she was in it, because she's Rogue in the X-Men movies. And, um, she's good as Rogue, I thought. I thought she was cute as Rogue. Like, I thought she did yeah, a good she job. Yeah, she was decent. But this was kind of before True Blood and after X-Men, so I think she was still trying to find her footing as, like, a lead actress, because Rogue's still kind of a a teenage character. She's, like, a supporting role. 
Like, you're really more into Storm and Wolverine and uh, Jean Grey and uh, Magneto and all those people in those ones. Um, but yeah, uh, so we got we got Lori and her quote-unquote sisters, Danielle and Maria and Janet. And earlier in the movie, we see them uh, in like a Halloween shop, which, okay, I know there probably are Halloween stores that are open on yes. Halloween, but they're like literally getting into costume um, at the store, which I always found find kind of weird um so they're talking about how like oh my tits are popping out of this that's kind of the point and oh my god this isn't fitting and all this stuff and there's a little kid like peeking in on them which is creepy and um so they find like there's they're they have a lot of like raunchy yes like, and talk. and we mentioned this at the very beginning so the kid peeping on them is quinn lord who plays sam out of costume yes mm-hmm. and um they make a lot of like uh foreshadowing to what will happen so this scene was the big one where i was like oh this movie's a lot more clever than i thought it was because there's a lot of foreshadowing about what the twist i like this twist the best this story has the best twist so uh we see them come out the marie maria and danielle and janet come out and they're dressed as uh little bo peep snow white and cinderella but in like those like leg Mm -hmm. avenue costume versions like a nicer version of that because it's a movie so they probably actually made those costumes but like they're they're you know they got their tits out and they're like that's the idea oh i i can't i gotta find my date so they're talking about how they have to find dates for their halloween surprise party and their one friend Lori, who it's her first time at going to the party um she won't come out because she's like i don't want to come out I don't like this. And she finally comes out and she's dressed as Little Red Riding Hood. And they're like, it's tradition. Newbies have to wear the Little Red Riding Hood costume, which again is foreshadowing for later. Um, but so she talks about how, and this is, this is exactly how Sookie Stackhouse was in her first season of True Blood. Like, oh, you've yeah. seen True oh, Blood, yeah. right, Brett? Okay, good. So like, I mean, Sookie's like, I want my first time to be special. But in True Blood, it's because Sookie is a telepath and so she hears men's thoughts and except va- vampires that's why she decides to sleep with uh steven moyer's character bill anyways so she's like i want my first time to be and they're like oh my god do not say special. Like, special and they're like okay so basically like all of those girls are kind of like out on the prowl getting men like danielle immediately is like who's played by by the way lauren lee yeah Lauren Lee Smith. Lauren Lee Lauren Smith. Lee Who's Smith. been in stuff? Yeah. She's been in stuff. She was in The Shape of she Water. Was. She was the villain's yeah. wife. Um, and she was pretty good. She doesn't have a lot of scenes in that, but um, I thought she was really good. She played a pained 50s housewife really well. She's pretty cool. Um, she immediately asks the guy checking them out, mm. out, and he's dressed as Peter Pan. She's like, make sure you wear your costume. And then the other two girls see these guys unloading video equipment. And they're like, ooh, yeah, hey, that equipment's really big. Can you, like, come to our party? And Lori's just, like, kind of lost and frustrated because she doesn't know how to flirt and she doesn't know what she's doing. And we see, I can't remember, at some point we see this other young lady making out with a guy in an alleyway because there's a big um, town halloween parade festival 
in downtown. So it's very raucous and very loud. And she's off to the side making out with this guy. And you think that they're like, he's like about to go down on her. But um, that she notices there's blood all over her. And he's been like biting her. Which how do you not? Yeah, I always had that question too. That hard? Uh, unless maybe she was really yeah. drunk too. Maybe she was really drunk and didn't feel it. But so she starts freaking out and you realize it's Principal mm-hmm. Wilkins. And he had told his son earlier, like, you can't come to the Halloween parade with me. It's adults only because he's going to murder yes. more people. Um, and he is basically living out his vampire fantasies, I guess, because he has vampire teeth in. And um, he kills her. And then just leaves her dead body on the street. And as she's running for help, she runs into Emma and Henry from the first story. And they're like, they brush her off. And they're like, oh, she's just drunk. What the fuck ever. And like, leave her to die. Which again, they didn't really mean to leave her to die. Because they probably didn't actually think she was in danger. And it's Halloween, so you see people in fake blood all the time. So it's like, ugh. Which is the perfect time to murder people, I guess. I guess that's probably why he murders people on Halloween. Because like... People won't notice the bodies. And then he just leaves yeah. her body in broad daylight. So eventually, that's who Lori invites. Well, not really invites. Not invites. Well, because, so first they, first they call her and they're like, we're at the party. Where are you? And there's a man in a baby costume. And she's like, Danielle's like, I think we found someone. She's like, is he old? She's like, no, he's very young. You're like, because he's dressed as a baby. Fun fact. But fun fact, guys, it's the same actor that plays the child in 13 Ghosts. It, who He's also playing a man. The child ghost is like a man in a baby costume. So just fun fact. But yes, go on, Katie. Anyways, so eventually she um, goes to the party and uh, Principal Wilkins is like, I think he's like he following is. her. Like stalking yes. her. So good. So she she's being followed by him, and of course, what we initially think is we're scared. And she's in a little yeah. red riding hood, and we're scared for her safety, which is like, oh, we're scared for her safety too, because it's like she's so mm-hmm. innocent and sweet, and it's like we know Principal Wilkins is a murderer, um, but she's like, I'm, I know you're following me, and then he attacks her and he bites her, and then he does the whole like, oh, what. What big eyes you have. And she screams. And the camera cuts back to the bonfire that her sister and her friends are at. And this was the first thing. When I saw this movie for the first time. I was like that's a really weird line of dialogue. Because she's expressing concern for Lori. And she goes mom always said she was the run of the litter. And I'm like that's a weird thing for a mom to say Mm -hmm. about her kid. And then a body body falls out of the tree. Yeah. You're like what the fuck? They kind of beat the shit out of him, and they're all at the bonfire, and they, well, they, they render him unable to move, and he's, like, kind of freaked out, and, um, Lori decides he will be her first, and, but you're still not really sure what's going on, because it starts getting weird, and, um, you start noticing, like, mm, there's a lot of women. We're all the men. There were men here before. Yes. And they all start dancing around the fire, and... Uh, they start getting very like uh, werewolfy. Their well, eyes start turning amber. Well, you also see, you also see for Wilkins' eyes. All he notices there's men's dead bodies everywhere. Yeah, and then you and, see fucking Coach Taylor in his hot dog costume being rolled. So they got yeah. Coach Taylor too. And so, so they basically they're werewolves, and yes. they are wearing like human costumes. Yes, which is a weird thing for a werewolf. 
That's not the kind of werewolf that I'm used to. I'm used to ones that actually transform, but this seemed to be like wolves in sheep's clothing. Yes. Which I think is the whole point. Which I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. So it's it's a lot of little nursery tales, like all rolled into one. Uh, and so obviously, like, Red Riding Hood is the wolf, not, yes. you know, him, which is cool. It's a nice, it flips it on its head. And so they basically just are like dancing around the fire, taking, first they're taking their like costumes off, and then they start unzipping their skin yes. suits. So I was like, oh my God, fuck. I love it. It's love great. It. And, and um, it's playing Sweet Dreams, so it's yes. like, and you know, if you if you if you hear the Marilyn Manson cover of Sweet Dreams, it's like very like, you know, it's it's kind of like just him singing, and it's like that beat. But then oh, the it's next not the Marilyn go, Manson cover, is it? It Ugh. is the Marilyn Manson. Cover. I hate Marilyn Manson. Yeah, fun fact: this was originally it was going to be the Fever. That was the song they had originally chosen. Was you give me Fever? And one of the producers was like. How it doesn't seem right for the scene, so I will say that it the song does fit the scene incredibly well, even though I do not I feel like, like Marilyn Beaver Manson. would have been good, or the season of the witch. Oh, yeah, really good season of the witch would have been good, but you see the carnage, and then you see little Sam's just watching everything, uh huh, on his stump, just there. So, God, I hope that wasn't actually <laughs> that kid Lord. watching that because <laughs> that would have been weird. So, but we only have. Yeah one more story to go through so we i'm gonna do. let you take this one because i'll be too long no you are you are good you are good um so we circle back around and we're back at mr creek's house and this is earlier in the movie again so it's matching up with the same timeline that uh principal wilkins storyline so Ms. uh trick-or-treaters try to go to mr creek's house uh, but his dog chase he chases him off with his dog spike spikes like in a little costume and Mr. Creek goes he's back cute. inside, and he's burning some old pictures. And we're like, okay, he lives a very lonely life. He's a hermit. Um, and someone starts to throw eggs at his window. And, you know, he's a hermit, so he's like, what the fuck is happening? Spike is barking. Um, and so he lets Spike out to go to the bathroom. We see the same matchup where he's talking to Stephen Wilkins earlier. So mm-hmm. he goes back back into his house and he hears noises and he goes out his front door and suddenly there are jack-o'-lanterns everywhere so um then he hears something were they all from Rhonda's house that's what i'm curious about that's what is very interesting because i'm like i didn't know sam moved that fast that sam like just put all these jack-o'-lanterns well he's magic so (laughs) he he is the spirit of halloween so it's a possibility i'm totally looking at the pictures on imdb right now to see if like they're all the same style jack-o'-lanterns oh, funny enough funny enough so uh the joke in this movie is no pumpkins were harmed in the making of this film because most of the pumpkins in this movie were made of styrofoam oh i forgot um i forgot what movie but um Rhonda's house is inspired by some scene in some movie maybe the halloween house i forgot um kind of looks similar to it mm-hmm. but he hears something upstairs and he um, he also hears Spike uh, yelp in pain. So, interesting enough, and I'm filled with fun facts for this movie. So, there was a scene originally written where it was going to show Spike surviving. But then they decide okay. to to keep that out of it. So, I guess in the, the idea of the film, Spike dies. Um, but he goes upstairs. Well, we don't ever see him actually dead. Though, we don't right? see him die. No, we so don't see him. So, he could be fine. Yeah, the, be fine. the dog's faith, you know, and the dog dies in this 
Com. The dog's faith is left unknown in this particular movie, but no animal violence is shown. But That's good. in the bedroom upstairs, we do see a jack-o'-lantern is set on fire in the corner of the room, and trick-or-treat yes, trick is written all over the walls before Sam reveals himself by cutting the Achilles tendon, uh, Mr. Creek, which is one of the all things... All fucking, oh. um, shit. Ugh. Gage, uh, Gage, cemetery. Gage, and Pet, Pet Cemetery. Cemetery. Yeah. yeah, I play, I play with Mummy. I play with Judge. Now I play with you, Daddy. Um, but oh my God. <laughs> that part, I saw that part before yeah. I saw the full movie, and it. I do not like when people. I don't either. Tenants get t- that also happens in Urban Legend. Oh, and in Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like Kill Bill was as graphic in in my memory. Yeah, for some reason. It's I feel like it was awful. quick enough, and it was to a bad guy. It was to a bad guy. That is very so, true. Um, probably why I didn't care. But Sam <laughs> reveals himself, and this is something uh, you probably caught this, Katie. I think that I didn't catch this until my fifth watching of it. So, <laughs> so maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Who knows? It's Sam. Uh, Sam has his fucking chocolate bar, and he just peels it down, and there's a razor blade inside, and. Yeah. The first couple times I watched this, I was like, oh, shit, he's serious. But then I think it was a more recent time I watched it that I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Mr. Wilkinson puts razor blades in his candy. Yeah. So I didn't think that, like, that was the bar. But is this the bar he got it's from the bar Mr. From Wilkinson? <laughs> and uh, he's about to shake Mr. I think Creek I did get that the first time. But, yeah, it's Mr. Wilkins one. Yeah. Mr. It's Wilkins so dick. funny. So, Mr. Creek tries to run away, of course. He falls down the stairs, lands on some razor blades, which is really painful. It's not... I'm, I have a dark sense of humor. I'm sorry, guys. I think um, that we're supposed to, like... Because we get that he's the murderer from the children. Yeah. So, that he's the bus driver. And so, you know... And he's been an asshole this whole time, too. He has been an asshole. And so, so this is finally the scene where we see him cry for help for the window... Um, and Mr. Wilkinson looks at him and goes, screw you. And that's when he gets taken out by Sam. Yeah. Um, which is kind of hilarious because he's yeah. so tiny. He goes, bing, and he just like knocks him over. And it's like, it's kind of comical. It is, um, also, this really is funny. when a, an adult was playing Sam. Yeah. Because they weren't going to throw a real child around. That would be mean. And you can tell it's an adult too because you can tell it's just Sam is slightly bigger. In these scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And and the director was like, I wanted a child because children move a very specific way compared to adults, which I think is true. You can kind of tell it's an adult or it's a child depending on, like, how they move because various reasons. So, yeah. So, Sam and him kind of have an all-out battle, which is great. <laughs> but eventually, like, Sam is going to stab him to death with his – oh, because he, he killed Emma with his little sucker, well, well, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But and, beforehand. And Emma's death, yeah, his, happens. But he, yeah. He takes his mask off, and he's like a, a scary jack-o'-lantern head. He is. He's terrifying. Like, and then one of my favorite parts in the whole movie, so Mr. Krieg has his little shotgun, and he shoots him. Oh, yeah, he shoots him. He goes, oh! He goes, woo! It, like, slides across the Yeah. But he's he's just full of pumpkin seeds. Yeah. So it doesn't really hurt him, which I thought was a really cute like ad. Like he's just full of pumpkin guts. And the when Quinn Lord was a kid playing, he's like, he's like Sam's full of pumpkin guts. I'm just full of guts. Like that kid was so cute. <laughs> he is so like he's cute. an adult now, but he was cute. He was adorable as a little kid. And I so love, just 
I love this part um, because obviously Michael is like a huge horror movie fan and there's like all these references. So you see him shoot Sam. You see that Sam's hand is shot off. And so he examines Sam and he decides to call 911, which who can blame him? But the line goes dead. And then Sam's disembodied hand stabs him for the foot and he falls over and then he sees it going back and he goes, you gotta be fucking kidding me which is a lie yeah. from the thing so yeah yeah oh i love the thing That's i do too it's one of my favorites right now dalton and our friend dalton hey dalton hi dalton talking about uh red letter media has been doing like uh their favorite john carpenter movies apparently rich evans number one is not halloween and dalton asked me which one i thought it was going to be i was like there's only two right answers the thing and halloween there are no other right answers to that question so it better be the fucking thing dalton was like absolutely the thing is so, so good. anyways and so, yeah, uh, and Sam puts back on his mask, and I think you're going to take over, Katie, about he attacks Craig again, or he tries to. Yes, so he, he tries to attack him with his little candy sucker, which is what he slit Emma's throat with, and which I was like, oh, it's cute. It's like a little Jack Laron face sucker. I think it's cute. Well, uh, Brittany's Sam has it, too. Yep. Um, it's really cute. And um, so, but... While he when he goes to stab him, he stabs a piece of candy that Krieg was holding, that chocolate bar <laughs> that no longer has a razor blade in it. And uh, he's like, "Oh, you're giving me candy? Okay, I'm appeased." And he just kind of like leaves him alone. But and so you're like, "Oh, I guess Mr. Krieg." Which okay, here's the thing about Krieg is I do think the reason he hates Halloween is probably because he has a lot of immense guilt for what yeah. he did many years ago because he obviously he's the bus driver that killed all the kids which i think we said earlier but just in case we didn't um but also he's an asshole and he is a murderer so sam leaves and you think like oh okay like it's gonna be that's it but it's not because the kids like ate the other children at the quarry and then just kept walking to mr craig's house because they're like oh we're gonna take our fucking revenge and sam just kind of lets them he's like okay bye bye um, and then I think, is that when Sam goes to Emma's house? I think that's kind yeah. of the... So, you yeah. think, you think, so you see him, bur- you see those pictures burning, and it's like, you have a feeling he's the bus driver, but it's revealed that he's the bus driver. Yeah. And so, he's shown handing out candy, um, and the, and I love this because, uh, to quote Harry Potter, uh, you open at the close, because you see the opening scene in the movie, uh-huh. so when you, yeah, <laughs> it's like, so when you see the, in the beginning of the movie, you see like a... A, somebody walk across the street and they almost get hit by a car. And at the end of the movie, you see us Rhonda walking across the street and she almost gets hit by the girls, the werewolf girls, in a car. And then you see oh, yeah, Emma and yeah. Henry walking behind them. And so Sam, um, you see Emma blow out the thing and you see Sam like, oh, like, so you that's where Sam goes after him. And then the ending of the movie is Mr. Creek is handing out candy, but then he opens his door and there's the kids again. Yeah. And the little, the Dracula one, which was the one that recognized that they, they were gonna die. He's like, trick or treat. And the movie ends with them ripping him apart. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Which, fun, this is, this was interesting. So, I watched this movie every year now for, I think, the last, like, ten years. So, at least once a year. So, this was probably my tenth time watching it. <laughs> this was the first time 
I ever noticed that you can see the zombie kids at the beginning of the movie, too. I oh, never noticed they? them bored. Yeah, so when Emma's taking down the decorations and she looks across the street and there's the lone figure standing there, you see the zombie kids walk by behind the figure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I never noticed that before until this most recent time watching it. So I was like, it's awesome. I love it. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's, I think it's a classic. It's a modern classic. Um, and it's, it's definitely a classic in our family. We watch it every year. So I love this movie. So. I, I like it. Mm. I'm not as big of a fan of it, but I think it's cute. And I think yeah. it's, it's a movie that deserves a watch, especially with a group of friends. Cause I, I like that. I think this is a movie that you can lightly enjoy or you can analyze because there's enough of stuff. There's enough stuff in it to think about it. And I will say they put a lot of lore into this movie mm-hmm. and a lot of thought. And like, it's obvious that everybody in the movie like knows a lot about Halloween. And like, I've always thought Samhain was really cool ever since that episode of So Weird that I watched. Like, I always was like, ooh, like I always, I, you know, I like true crime. I liked, I like to do research too. Um, but I like to do like the, ooh, what, what creepy things did they do way back when and stuff. So like, I, I like that they put a lot of effort into this and I do like that everything's interwoven, but I will say like, I don't think it hit me as much as it's hit other people, but I think it's really cute and I think people should watch it. And I like Sam. Sam's my favorite part. So, I mean, I would like them to do a trick or treat too, because, because it's an anthology series and you could have like Rhonda grown up. Yeah. You know, or yeah, I don't know if they'd want to do it, but you could have, you know, some of the kids grown up and see like them looking at the traditions. Oh, I think it's interesting too. If you really, if you were talking about the mythology, so talking about that graphic novel that came out, um, one of the stories takes place in like the early 19th century. And there's like a little girl that makes friends with like another little girl. And she gets handed a doll that looks just like Sam and she's like, who is this? And she's like, I don't know. The shaman told me it's a spirit. It's very, very old. And she's like, is he good? And she's like, he'll take care of you. And I think, yeah. I think the one for a trick-or-treat, too, is there. It's just like, does Michael feel like making another one? Like, what's going on? But, I mean, I, I will say the one is there. I think the audience would love to see a trick-or-treat, too. I know I would. Yeah. So Well, and it's become really... Um popular mm-hmm. as of late so and i feel like this is one of those sequels that would be fine to do as a sequel yeah because um it was an anthology to begin with i will say though after i saw this movie the first time last halloween i did not blow my can my jack-o'-lantern out until the morning yeah because i got home at like a like well it was like three in the morning but still i was like no no nah, dude I don't, I don't risk it so, I mean, it, it's cute. I like it. I think I would recommend it for sure. Um, I like the unexpected comedic turns, especially the principal sequence. And I like that there's a really good mix of very unknown actors and very well-known actors. Like Anna Packwood and Brian Cox were pretty established. Um, and I really like the set design. It's so good. And it's gory enough for adults. But, like, teenagers would enjoy this movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's scary. Like, if I'm going to go into cons, it's not really scary. Yeah. 
And again, I already said, like, the first time I watched it, I didn't like it as much as the second time I watched it. Which I don't know if that's a con or just, like, hey, you might want to watch it twice because I got more out of it the second time than the first time. Yeah. And I feel like nowadays it's maybe a little too into pop culture. Which is, like, it's, like, that thing, like, I don't, it's not, like, uh, I'm not going to be a total emo kid, like, uh, not emo kid. Hipster. hipster kid. Yeah. Hipster. <laughs> well, the, the new emo is hipster. Um, I'm not going to be a hipster and be like, I'm not going to watch it because it's too popular. But I do see it all the time. And I feel like, I feel like if I had, like, you, like, just watched it and discovered it on its own, I probably would have felt more passionate about it. But I feel like people have been telling me for such a long time to watch it that when I finally did, I was like, oh, it's cute. But it didn't, like, blow me away. Whereas, like, Behind the Mask was, like, like what we did last year. It was kind of like this movie for you, for me, because, like, it was a movie that I just randomly watched and knew nothing about it and was yeah. just blown away by it. So, but at least at least yours is streaming this year. Yeah, and that's another thing I think about. So I, like, remember, because it's, like, in our day, and, I mean, we still have Redbox, but I don't really know a lot of people that do Redbox anymore with so many streaming yeah. services available. But just for my roommate to be like, oh, I ran this red box. It's called Trick or Treat and not having any idea of it. And it may be a part of cult- pop culture now, but literally when you think of it in retrospect, you did not see any Sam merchandise in stores until like the last yeah. two or three years. Not so, until probably five years back. So I think I, I remember, say. I think I remember like a couple years ago seeing like Sam on a coffee mug and being like, oh my God, it's Sam! And like freaking out because I. Unlike my brother, he loves Jason, and you can find Jason stuff just about everywhere, even Party City. Sam, you did not see Sam in stores for a very but long time. But now he's all over the place, which is yeah, nice. Yeah. It's yeah, nice. it's nice for fans like me. Even though I can't buy Sam everything, it's nice that, like, when we bought our house, I was like, I wanted a Sam, and that was my big purchase for Halloween last year was my Sam. So, yeah. um, I loved it. Um, and I, I think this is one of those movies where it's definitely, like, a modern like classic now so when you think of all these mm-hmm. like halloween movies that are classic this one's definitely the most modern in the lineup and i think that's really cool and i hope that like in the next couple of years we see even more movies that have more iconic like maybe monster i don't know if sam's really a monster he's the spirit of halloween but like we just i i love that i love that we have like another modern uh halloween classic that we can under, add under our belt because yeah. we need those i definitely every so like often. sam better than freddie or jason or mm. michael myers because sam has rules and if if you are respectful of halloween he's not gonna hurt you everybody who got hurt was disrespectful of halloween yeah they blew it a jack-o'-lantern they uh hurt children or they were assholes like sam has rules I can get with Sam. So to me, like, if they have rules that I can abide by, they're not as scary to me. Maybe that's why this movie doesn't scare me very much. And like they know. said when creating Sam, too, they, they wanted a they wanted a horror character that not just represented the scary side of Halloween, but the mischievous side of Halloween. Because Halloween is such a holiday for children as much as it is for adults. So it's not even more. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was... I, I love it. I mean... This was one of the few movies that I think I uh, got up off the floor after watching it and goes, I really like that. And um, that that doesn't Aww. happen a lot to me. Uh, so. <laughs> well, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cute. I'm glad yeah. I've seen it. And yeah, I'm glad absolutely. It's in my, my uh, Halloween repertoire. So I have to know, what is your rating and what is your grindhouse rating? 
Um, I give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. It's solid. Uh, like I said, it's not scary, but it's solid. Yeah. Um, it's definitely more spoopy than than scary or yeah. strange. Because it's not so out there that I would say. It's not like... <laughs> we've, we saw... Ty- we'll talk about this next week, but we saw Tatan. And uh, it's definitely not weird like Tatan was. Yeah. Um, or any of those movies. Um, I had... My favorite one, I was trying to find one for Jay. I was like, jack-o'-lanterns, junk food, and... Oh! I just thought of it, just desserts. But I like my other one, which is rated K for keep your enemies close and your candy even closer. Aw, that's cute. Yes. That's cute. Um, I rated this one 8.5 out of 10. Um, I, wow. Yeah, my, my nines are usually a sir... I never have seen anything that's a perfect 10 in my book. Usually the movies that are more complex get, like, the 9s for me. Um, Trick or Treat isn't complex, but it has all those great makings of a very classic horror film. I I cannot wait to share it with my nephews. I can't wait to share it with my future kids one day. Uh, I just, it's a great movie, and I love it. And once again, that's that's a Britney rating. That's not, like, a critical rating. That's I was say, that's yeah. totally legit, though, because, yeah. like, I probably rated there's some movies we've done that i have hold near and dear to my heart like behind the mask that i probably gave it a much better rating because i have nostalgia for it yeah than, like it is but again it's our ratings and y'all don't have to agree with us it's yeah, what's your don't. rating for trick-or-treat um i rated it s for suckers shanks and sawin so i guess that wraps up trick-or-treat yes go watch go it watch it uh check your candy first um, but we are going to move on to next week's movie, which is a movie I was kind of torn because there were a couple movies that I had in mind that were all streaming, um, most of whom were from our list last year. Um, but this was a movie that was on my list last year that I saw, I think it was literally the first month we started recording the podcast. We mentioned this movie and I went and watched it. I remember because I was taking a bath and I turned it on my Kindle and watched it in the bath and I loved it. And I was like, this movie's so cute. It's got a 90s aesthetic. It's the two main characters are girls. Uh, they're like uh, 90s goth girls, which I've been watching a lot of Daria recently. And so like, ooh, I'm in that vibe right now. So we are going to be watching the 2000 Ginger Snaps, yes. which is a, uh, it is an allegorical tale about puberty and werewolves. So, um, <laughs> and how they go hand in hand. And how they go hand in hand. <laughs> um, and if you're a woman, you will definitely get this. I think men would probably get this too. But like, definitely, uh, there's a lot of puberty references and allegories. I will say it is a late 90s, early 2000s movie. So, I say that because it was it was filmed in the ni- late 90s, and but it was released in 2000. So, obviously, it was filmed in 99 or earlier um so like it is kind of i feel like there there's probably going to be some like ooh that didn't age well stuff in there but i can't remember anything specifically from the last time i watched it um but it's basically about two death obsessed sisters and one of them gets um bitten by a strange wolf and starts to develop changes and um it kind of like launched a bit of a cult following it was like a small indie canadian movie and, like, people loved Ginger Snaps. Like, it was, like, on everybody's list. And it's, like, one of those really cool underrated horror movies, which I think is perfect for Grindhouse Girls. Because it is an underrated horror. 
Um, I think a lot of people know about it, but I feel like I felt like I knew what the movie was about and I hadn't seen it because everyone always mentions it. But then when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is why people love it because it, it really is a good movie. Um, especially if you're a sister. I feel like if you have a sister, if you are a sister, you're probably going to be like, oh, it might get you in the feels. Um, but it's, it's cute and it's gross and there's body horror in there and there's werewolves. We don't, we don't see enough. I mean, trick or, oh, that's our theme for this month. Trick or treat and this both have werewolves in it. Oh yeah. Very true. We should have done an American werewolf in London. Oh, I love American werewolf in London. That is a great movie. I feel like everyone's seen it though. That's so good. I don't know. It's so good. I don't know. It's kind of old now. Not old, old, but, um. But those special effects though. Oh my God. When he turns into the were like, oh, have you guys seen that movie? It's great. Anyways, but we're going to do ginger snaps. It is streaming on two platforms right now, Shudder, and it's also streaming on IMDb TV, which I believe you get with Amazon Prime. I know I didn't sign up for it, and it's on my Amazon Prime, so I believe you can get it there. I don't think it's streaming anywhere else, but I wouldn't be surprised because it's one of those movies that I feel like they did the right thing and just, like, widely releasing it to a lot of platforms because I think, like, people have watched it more at home because it's one of those movies that you're like, am I going to like this movie? I don't know. What the hell is it about? Right. Um, but I really liked it when I saw it and I hope everyone else is going to like it. And there's some layers to it as well. Yeah. I don't know. You, you've seen it more, I think than I have. No, I've only, I've Brit. only seen it twice and it's funny. I saw it. Oh, good. I think I saw. Okay. So you ever, and I'll make it quick. You ever seen movies <laughs> when you were a kid and like, you only remember parts of it. So, it wasn't until I saw this last year that I was like, oh my god, I remember this movie because I remember the ending. It's interesting. I definitely think there's going to be a lot to talk about with it, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's also, like, it's mostly fun. Like, I wouldn't say it's not, it's not, like, ha-ha fun. It's very sarcastic and, again, very late 90s. So, our millennial uh, listeners will definitely... Uh, probably identify with this. Yes. So, we're going to watch Ginger Snaps. Yes. We're going to get some late 90s, grungy, gothy vibes up in here. It's on IMDb TV and Shudder. With that, I think we're going to have to say goodnight. I'm going to have a lot of editing because I talk too much tonight, but that's okay. Um, we love you guys. We hope you guys are doing well. Um, thank you for all the responses to Clay Zombies and our post this week. You guys have been super super cool and thoughtful and we just really appreciate it we hope you're staying spooky this spooky season um make sure to check your candy and always uh always uh keep your enemies close and your candy closer um don't overindulge uh plan out your halloween costume and your jack-o'-lantern make sure you take your vitamins and wash your hands all the time get your vax and go see an indie movie uh you know see some of these like there's a lot of cool movies coming out there's Teton and there's Lamb and Last Night in Soho is coming out and there's a new Kate Siegel horror movie coming out so on Netflix so watch some like indie movies y'all and um just be good to each other be good enjoy the fall season I'm just drank a pumpkin spice draft latte before this just to get myself into the spooky season yes 
Yes. Exciting. Uh, exactly. Um, thanks again, Jake. Uh, I know you listened. Thanks again for coming on. You were a thank wonderful you. guest. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you uh, to the cast and crew of Clay Zombies. Uh, you guys have been really supportive this week, like Katie said, of the episode. Thank you for the likes and follows. We really appreciate you guys. We loved your movie. Um, we cannot wait until we can show it to a lot of our friends because we've been talking it up. Um Guys, wow. I know um, it's the best time of the year. I also know that this is a time a lot of people tend to enter seasonal depression. Uh, first and foremost, take care of yourselves. Um, stay hydrated. This is a reminder, drink your water. But also, um, you know, Katie told me this weekend we were talking about hanging out plans. And Katie very honestly was like, I just need a day to myself. I need a day to sleep. Please don't ever feel guilty for saying that um, to your friends. Your friends are going to understand they love you. They care about you. They want what's best for you. And there's always going to be other days and times to hang out. So please don't ever mm-hmm. feel guilty for taking the time you need for yourself. If that means you take... Also, yeah. mental health is health. Yeah. So it's okay to take care of yourself mentally. Yeah. Because Britt had that last week and we were going to go see a movie. And she was like, I just, I have a headache. And I was like, I think it's like your body's probably just telling you to calm down. Because I know I've had that where I just get migraines and there's no reason for it. But I am stressed out. And I'm like, I think my body's telling me to take a nap. Yeah. So. And sometimes you just need Just take nap. care of yourselves. You need nap. And yeah. I hate to tell you this, but you do need to eat your greens. Like, you don't have to eat greens all the time, every mm-hmm. single meal. But please, eat eat good food. Eat, eat that hamburger if you want to eat a hamburger or drink a milkshake. But please also eat some lettuce. Get some salad in you too, guys. Take a hike afterwards. Take a nice long walk Sit afterwards. outside. If you can, take your coffee and sit outside and enjoy your coffee. Like, any kind of fresh air is good for you. Any kind of sunlight is good for you. Um, As far as Halloween costumes, I'm a huge Halloween fan. And I always want to go all out for my costume. Sometimes you don't have the energy to go all out. That's okay. Look up easy Pinterest costumes. You don't have to go all out. Also, sometimes you don't have the funds to go all out. So, you know, if you have something at home... Make something. I know there's three costumes I want to do this year, and like I already have all the stuff for one of them, and I would have to spend fifty dollars on the other ones. And I'm like, do I want to spend fifty dollars on the other ones, even though I think they're cool? I could probably just use the one that I have all the stuff for, and that's totally okay. Yeah, it is. There is. This is Halloween. Is about. Fun. It's not a judgment. This is a judgment-free zone. Garden House Girls podcast mm-hmm. is a judgment, judgment-free podcast. Uh, we just want to see your guys' costumes. <gasps> yes, so please tag us in your so, costumes. DM it. Yes, and doggy costumes and kitty costumes. If you have your dog and kitty costumes, please tag us in those too. Um, but just take care of yourself, guys. Um, we, we're glad you're here with us, and we're sorry if you're going for a rough time. Um like I said, I, I know this time of yeah. year is rough on a lot of people. And um, we're thinking about you and uh, praying for you, sending good vibes out for you guys. Um, so, yeah, please take and care of yourself. And don't forget that um, if you're feeling too that spooky said, and down, you can still watch a seasonal movie that's a l- little lighter. Like, watch Hocus Pocus. Watch all the Halloween towns are on um, Disney+. Plus. I watched the first three while I was putting up my Halloween decorations. Because I just need something light and a little bit Halloween-y. It's okay to step back and not stress yourself out about everything. And it's okay to say no if, like, you're just like, I can't do this. I can't do all the parties I want to do. It's okay. I think this year a lot of people are really into having parties because last year was so restrictive. 
that I feel like a lot of people are like maybe going to overdo themselves this year for the holidays. And don't do that. Like, it's okay, guys. Like, it's going to be okay. If we made it through 2020, we can yeah, make it, it through is. 2021. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we're almost at the end of it. We're almost at the end again. Um, and with that, guys, uh, as I always like to say, thank you for joining us on some part, uh, small part of your day. If you're going to work, I hope you have a great day of work. If you're Woo! coming home and you did it, you made it for another day. Um, so thank you. Thank you for the likes, the comments, the shares, the subscribes. Uh, thank you just for being a part of our lives. And thank you for letting us be a small part of your lives. And with that being said, uh, we're coming to another close. And we just look forward to seeing you in um, same spoopy time. Yeah, same same spoopy, y'all. Good night. Say spoopy, y'all. Have a good, good night, night, everybody. Good be night, safe. Bye. Night, Katie. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty-free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.